less of an experience if you walk into, let's just say, a Sunday morning church gathering and you don't know a lot of people. Well, that can still be a sense of community yeah. because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. So there's, it, it's not like, oh, so I have to be with my best friends to experience that. No. No, no. You know, you can find community anywhere. So you decided to plant a church in Gig Harbor during the middle of a pandemic. Come on, let's now, go, Jesus. I got to ask you a question. Like, how many people said, Kramer, you got a great gig? Because you're, you're, I shouldn't say gig, but you're, you know, you're a pastor of a, of a beloved local church and, and uh, had a, a really uh, a key position there. And you decided to, to do this. So what led you to decide to plant a church and give up comfort? Absolutely, yeah. I think that it was a few years in the making of a lot of times, uh, Alyssa, who's my wife, uh, get the gift to be married to her. Uh, we kind of explain that story as like a seed that was under the ground for a long, long time. So no one see how it's germinating. No one's noticing how it's growing. We don't even know what's going to happen to it, meaning it's just a thought or something that we feel like Jesus put into our heart almost like a calling, and then that calling turned into an obedience, almost to where I think that if the Lord God's asking you to do something, and you're like, huh, is that Jesus, or am I just making that up? And without doing it, you feel like you would be disobedient to the call of God on your life, then it's like, well, you probably should do it then. Yes. Uh, So that's where we found ourselves, like this seed underneath the surface, in the dark, not really knowing what was to do, and then as Jesus gave more life to it, it started to spring up through the surface. Uh, and in the middle of a pandemic, not the most beautiful time to say, hey, we're going to plant a church. But what we realized, it was actually a beautiful reset for a lot of people in the city specifically and just in the world of like a reordering of lives, a reordering of values, a reordering of time. And, and we had felt like, okay, if, if we're doing this, it's not for selfish reasons because it cost us everything. Uh, it's not for comfortable reasons because now we're going to be in the most uncomfortable place ever, yes. <laughs> uh, not knowing where we're going to get paid. Uh, Alyssa was 38 weeks pregnant with our son. And so it's like, okay, we're about to have two kiddos, no real job, have no idea if anybody's going to be even interested in this idea of a church plant. But then the most stark thing in that whole thing, Andrew, was, but Jesus is asking us to do it. So who am I going to go and seek approval for? The living God who absolutely loves me and calls me beloved or people in comfort of the world? Uh, and for us, our answer had to be the first one because if we're going to claim to follow Jesus, you got to do exactly that, follow Jesus, even if it's uncomfortable, even if at the time yeah. it makes no sense <laughs> at all. Uh, and even now, like sitting here with you going, man, this is totally what the Lord God has asked us to do and we'll stay faithful to it. But it's only because Jesus has brought us here, yeah. you know. I think one of the things I loved about the very early beginning, you said, "If this is not of Jesus' will, I want it to fail." Absolutely, and that's a bold statement to make mm-hmm. because there's a lot of times people will compromise because they want to make sure they get get noti- noticed. Absolutely, as a success. How do you address that idea? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the worship worship night, Michael Monroe, who was down here, he uh, encouraged me just uh, in the life of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, 
um, someone who centers their life, orients their lives around the person of Jesus, uh, we can have no compromise because he is the only person central to our story. So I think for us to put that in a balance during the first beginning stages of even thinking about planting a church or then stepping out of what Jesus was bringing forth in planting a church, it was like, okay, we can't compromise in this because this is what the Lord God has asked us to do. Um, so when you put that into perspective, all of a sudden you kind of start to realize, I'm actually not that important. Mm. So my ego, which I think stands for edging God out, has to go away. And I have to like ruthlessly, joyfully be obedient to Jesus and realize there can be no compromise in my life if I'm actually going to follow him full heartedly and faithfully. And sometimes, as you know, that's really joyful and fun. Yes, it's a yeah. blast. Like, I get to sit down here and be with you and talk talk about all this. <laughs> Other times, it's like, am I ever going to fall asleep tonight? Or are my wheels just going to keep on turning? And and that's the balance, though, you know? Well, since Heart Church, so actually we didn't actually say where Heart Church is, but Heart Church, located on Fox Island next to uh, part of the community at Gig Harbor. You are a, a Gig Harbor kid, grew up here. Um, one of the things I've, I've, what's been great about Heart Church is watching just the multi-generational involvement of the community. And also, the church has grown. And it's been beautiful to watch because of the, the number of people and the type of individuals that are coming to just experience um, community and experience Jesus, which I think is a beautiful thing to watch within the church. Let's go back to the idea of not compromising. Mm-hmm. So I believe there's a connection between the reason why the church has grown and your commitment to centering heart church around Jesus. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the idea that why some churches get it wrong and why some churches get it right and what's your message for those churches? Yeah, I would say thanks for saying those kind words first. Um, and then I would I would say as well, it's hard to say, or hard to want to say churches get it wrong and hard to want to say churches get it right. Mm. And for me, early on, I used to think, I used to think, oh man, that was a great sermon today. Or, oh man, you know what? That wasn't one of my best. And then I realized all of them are bad, but Jesus is always good. So he always fills in for all the gaps. <laughs> And that's how I would answer the no compromise question and also the question of like, what is the church in America or in the world called to today? And it's really just to faithfully follow Jesus. And I think so much of the time, at least in generations past and and still today, we desire to compromise because it will make people feel more comfortable when I don't really want comfort for my life or for your life or for anyone's listening's life, and nor does Jesus. What Jesus wants for our lives is life and life to the full. And we confuse comfort with life and life to the full. And I think that's where sometimes we go, okay, we got to make sure that this is always meeting everybody's needs, whether that's the way the church is set up or the way in which we communicate the gospel or the way in which we want to be culturally relevant, rather than just going, you know what? I'm not going to compromise. Jesus is our comfort. So I'm just going to only point people to Jesus. So rather than having a sign that points somewhere else and then hoping that that points people to Jesus, let's just go, nope, let's get everything else out of the way. 
here's Jesus, for in Jesus and Jesus alone is the fulfillment of all things. And at heart, that's what we've really tried to do, is what is the distraction? What is the culturally relevant trend? How, how are we going to honor people but not fall into the trap that culture and society dictate the ways of the world? The creator, the creator of the world dictates the ways of the world. Um, and that's just another reminder of like, we don't battle against flesh and blood. You know, we, we battle against scripture says like the evil forces around us. Like there's a, there's a battle going on that's more real than this one. So as the church, we got to be committed to telling people, man, we got to follow Jesus. We got to live by the spirit. We have to pray as Jesus prayed, father, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when that happens, that means my kingdom has to go. <laughs> and that means my will has to go. And I don't think that's very sexy in society and culture today. So if a church is saying, oh, we just want to look just like culture, well, then when somebody walks into the walls of your church, walks into the people of church, and it looks just like everything else in the world, where's hope to be found then? Where's joy to be found then? Where's love to be found then? Because Jesus looks nothing like this world. So the church is not supposed to look anything like this world. It's supposed to look like a beautiful resistance to the world around it that's marked with love, grace, mercy, um, and a beautiful display of like joy and freedom as an expression of the Spirit. My hope is that they are inspired by this message. If they're a young leader in the church, how can they have the, that confidence to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and listen to that calling of that seed that's now germinating underground? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say the encouragement from Jesus is that you are not the leader of tomorrow. You're the leader of right here and right now. And because of that truth, if you will humble yourself and ruthlessly and joyfully follow Jesus, you'll find that the desires of your heart are not your calling. The desires of your heart are Jesus. So our role as a young leader is just to stay faithful, no matter the cost. And by the way, that young leader... Can be any age. Come on. Because we're all young at heart. We better be, because right. without being a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. <laughs>